Get ready for a special treat today. Join us for seven heartwarming stories, each just one or two minutes long, sharing the most cherished Christmas memories from our beloved listeners and people I really love and admire. They reveal what made their Christmases truly unforgettable over the years. Tune in to discover the pattern in these memorable moments and gain insights on how to build similar experiences for your loved ones. Learn the secrets behind building lasting family fulfillment and creating traditions that will make your holidays unforgettable for years to come. Hey parents, welcome to Fulfillment Therapy. Do you wanna raise your kids better and have a stronger marriage? Are you up late at night researching marriage and parenting tools and self-care tips? Do you start each day hoping for deeper connections and less chaos, but it ends with family arguments and going 12 different directions again? My name's Kendra, wife, mom, therapist, and growth enthusiast. It wasn't until I discovered how to fulfill my unmet needs that I was finally able to show up as my best self, as a spouse and parent. I realized that by meeting my needs, I could more fully meet the needs of my family with more energy and less resentment. In this podcast, I teach parents skills like boundary setting, prioritizing personal needs, communication, and claiming ownership. Just like my clients, you'll be shocked by the improvement in your marriage, parenting, and personal life when you focus on fulfilling your important, unmet needs. Ready to prioritize yourself so you can quit mentally throat-punching people? Then grab those earbuds and head outside, and let's walk and talk. My friends, I am so glad that you're here today. This episode has been really fun to prepare as I have reviewed everyone's most memorable holidays and gained some clarity on what is really important and what's really going to stand out to my family in years to come. I really believe that you're going to love this as much as I have and that you will reevaluate how you're going about things yourself. Just very, very quickly today, since it's the holidays, I just want to remind you to join our private group for self-development on Facebook and Instagram. You can find the links for that in our show notes. And for Christmas, why not sign up for the Costa Rican retreat that offers an adventurous and luxurious setting, expert training, and affordability. Use the code SAVE500 for a discount. You can experience this amazing retreat from June 16th to the 22nd of 2024. It's coming up faster than you think. And that's filled with excursions, community support, resources, and it's all for your personal and family growth. So book that now at fulfillmenttherapy.org and bring your favorite adults. And with no further ado, let's hop in. I just want to say beforehand that these people were very gracious in offering these stories for me. So I really want to imagine that you're sitting around a fireplace right now in a cozy blanket. You have some hot chocolate And you're just thinking about the holidays and all the joy that this season brings. Whether you listen to this right during the holidays or a little bit later, I hope you will consider the things that they say and what you can build in your own family moving forward. Maybe even consider pausing this episode to grab that hot chocolate and that cozy blanket and those lovely fuzzy socks yourself as we listen in to these beautiful experiences. 
And in case you're wondering who these beautiful humans are, in order of sharing, their names are Catherine Murphy, Carolee Barlow, which is actually my mom as well, Emily Stedman, Becca Bell, Melissa Hurst, and Shanna Fears. Thank you for sharing your stories with us. One of my most memorable Christmases was after my parents got a divorce. We were living with my mom and we didn't have a lot. We didn't have a lot of money. She was trying to figure out how to provide for herself and for us. And she told us we weren't going to be getting much for Christmas and that she didn't have money to spend on Christmas presents. And we all said, okay. And then as Christmas got closer, we kept seeing presents under the Christmas tree and there were, you know, more and more as time went on. And we were like, mom, you said we weren't going to be getting stuff. She's like, yep. <laughs> and then Christmas came and we started opening all these gifts and what she had done was wrapped up things we already had. And it was such a beautiful experience. We just appreciated what we had and it was really actually fun and funny and exciting. She wrapped up one of my stuffed animals from when I was a little kid. She wrapped up my journals and we read through them and it was just really special and fun. And it was such a great lesson to realize we already have so much to be grateful for. And it was just a fun time learning to reappreciate things that we already had. We had a family of nine, a one person paycheck and limited dollars for Christmas. I tried to transfer the focus from what we didn't have to what we did have by creating non-commercial traditions and more Christ-centered activities. One year, we used Christmas cards that depicted goals we would try to incorporate in the new year to live a more Christ-like life. We made a book as our birthday gift to Christ wrapped it after we shared it together to be opened the following year at Christmas. The second most powerful tradition we established was our tradition of writing letters of love to each other. We would take the younger children aside and have them tell us how they wish to express their love to each of their siblings in individual letters. The older ones would of course write their own. Someone would help the younger children write their letters to us as parents. These were shared at Christmas. When the children left home, their letters of love from parents and siblings went with them. I didn't realize how valuable these would become to me or them until my son got married. Letters of love from siblings when they were young were used at the wedding dinner as his brothers toasted the wedding couple. My most memorable Christmas was the first Christmas that I spent away from home. I was serving as a missionary in Brazil, and I remember feeling so homesick. Bing Crosby's song, White Christmas, never was closer to my heart than on that one, when I was surrounded by the palm trees and heat waves of Brazil, December being at the peak of their summer. Oh, how I longed for the winter beauties of my old Kentucky home with a Norman Rockwell Christmas replica happening right in my grandparents' home. Surrounded by my big family who I missed so much, it made my heart ache. Yet I learned that Christmas that it isn't about the snow and the sledding and the typical Christmas traditions that come 
with an American Christmas. It's about the baby Jesus, whom is a global savior, and the decorations and all the things that we hold dear as traditions really pivot around that baby Jesus, and he is the one whom we celebrate. And no matter where we are in the world, he is the one who shines the light that we seek. And that's why that Christmas is the most memorable to me, because it was made so apparent that in that foreign land with customs and traditions that were so different than the ones that I had grown up with, the Christmas spirit was still there. And it was more strong than I'd ever felt it before because I relied on the love of the Savior more than any other time in my life. When I was growing up, we just loved singing and caroling to our neighbors. It was just the best thing. Family of seven and my dad loved putting together these awesome song, Christmas song books. And we would practice and we would take a couple days to bake goodies for our neighbors and church members that we ministered to. It started out with just a couple days of doing that, but then it ended up being like three days and several, several hours of caroling to these lovely people. And it became such a great tradition. They just knew we were coming or they would call us ahead of time and be like, are you coming tonight? Uh, we want to be home for it. And they would request songs and very heartfelt tears many times that they would just enjoy having us around, bringing the Christmas spirit to them is something they really enjoyed and really loved. And it always was so exciting for us as a family to see that joy in their lives and share it with them. So my most memorable Christmas is caroling with my family. When my husband and I were discussing most memorable holiday memories, I couldn't remember anything particularly meaningful, just awkward memories, including one where my mom had me open a gift with a bronze side in front of my four brothers and dad. Then my husband Adam shared a memory on Christmas Eve where he had hung around until his siblings had started heading upstairs to bed. His parents had separated a few months earlier. He turned to his mom and said something like, Mom, I know dad's not here this year. If you need any help with anything, I could help and make sure everything still happens. His mom responded and said, No, 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 it's okay, I've got it. Adam was only 11, 12 years old when this happened, similar in age to our oldest son, Isaac. Adam's consideration for his mom at such a precarious and tender time felt significant and worthwhile to share. Several years ago, we were newer to the area, and I was a full-time student in the final stretch of nursing school, very, very busy keeping up with my four kids who were active in extracurricular activities. We were advised as students to not work, if at all possible, because we were in an accelerated program that was very fast-paced and demanding. I wasn't sure how, as a single mother, no income was an option for me, but I knew that I needed to give 100% to my program so that I could finish and provide for my family. So I took a leap of faith. I closed the door to my music studio. During those 13 months, I held my breath a lot. I was admittedly fearful at times, wondering how we'd survive the next month. 
but was extremely financially disciplined, and several miracles allowed me to focus on my children and my schooling. During Christmas that year, I was wishing I could afford Christmas socks for the kids. I just desperately wanted something new and cozy and Christmassy for them, and I was sad that I couldn't provide even that. One night, I happened to be browsing the dollar store and I came across Christmas socks. I got really excited and thought, I can't believe I didn't think of this sooner. I can spend $5 here. And excitedly, I picked out a pair for each kid and probably some for myself. But as I approached the register, I had this uneasy feeling in my stomach because I knew that at this time it wasn't the wisest way to spend my money. I tried to argue with myself and say, it's only $5 and it's Christmas and my kids will be so happy for something new. But every single day that I was unemployed, I prayed that we would have sufficient for our needs and also that I would have the discipline to be wise with the little that I did have. I knew that if I didn't want to fear our needs being met, I couldn't waste even $5 on wants at this time in my life. I put the socks back and I pouted a little bit as I drove home. Sometime later that week, we were surprised and excited to be the recipients of the 12 Days of Christmas tradition, where an anonymous giver leaves gifts on your doorstep each night leading up to Christmas. I'll never forget the excitement and gratitude that I felt when we were gifted five pairs of the cutest Christmas socks. I'll never forget that simple reminder that prayers are heard, we are not forgotten, and that we are blessed for our effort. <laughs> Mine is the last one, and I really am going to try so hard to be succinct here, but there is so much in my heart, especially as I just listened to the last one from Shanna, because my most memorable Christmas involves Shanna. I did ask for permission to share this, so I went and embarrass her. This happened when I was 32 weeks pregnant with my youngest son, and there was a lot of complications all throughout the pregnancy, and it was very high risk and a lot of question marks, and I didn't know how I was going to do it or if I would get through the pregnancy okay, or even if my son would make it through that okay. It was a very scary time. It was, it was very stressful for a number of reasons. It was my husband's busiest semester in his master's program. We were financially strapped. He wasn't working a lot. I wasn't able to work. I had four, well, almost four young children, one on the way, and I had been in and out of the hospital quite a bit because of these medical question marks that were happening. Anyway, during this time, I had just come out of the hospital again, trying to stop labor and delivery. And I went back and I read those journal entries from around this time, and I got pretty emotional as I was reading these things. It was Christmas Eve on this journal entry that I was writing, and, and Shanna's family member, Dee, had come over and visited, and she dropped off snacks and food, and I suspect she dropped off a bunch of other things like Christmas decorations and a number of things like that. I talked in that entry about how wonderful she was and all these other people had been, dropping things off, being so kind, offering to watch my kids, all of these things because I was able to do very little for myself when I was on strict bed rest and it was during the holidays and I had little ones and a lot of stress going on. During that same time, some of my good friends were helping out. April Myers was texting me all week asking how she could help. I think she even picked up my laundry and did my laundry and folded it. I had a friend, Christiana Clark, that watched my kids and another one, Lori Johnson, that did the same. And again, all of this is right in the middle of the busiest time of year for everybody. I was really scared and the doctors kept preparing me for a possible emergency surgery or hysterectomy and not really sure how we would make it through that. And there was a part of me that didn't even know if I was supposed to be preparing 
to say goodbye. I didn't want to go there. I tried not to go there, but there was that thought in the back of my mind. So it was Christmas Eve and I was so excited and I was able to come back from the hospital after being there for almost a week. And I was able to go home and be with my family. So we got ready and we were able to come home in the afternoon and we got things ready for Christmas morning and I was so excited to carry out those traditions that night with my family. But just after being home for a little bit, I realized that there was a tear in my placenta and I was leaking amniotic fluid, which can be really dangerous, especially since it was still eight weeks too early. And I knew there was all these other complications as well and my heart just sunk. I did not want to go right back to the hospital when my family was so excited to have us all back together at the perfect time. And I just quietly kept myself together. As we did the traditions that night, I figured I had a little bit of time, so we put them to bed and then we frantically called people trying to get babysitters on the worst night of the year, Christmas Eve. And that same beautiful human, Dee, Dee Vinci, she... She came and she helped us out. She slept on the couch. She was there for us. And as I was getting ready to go back to the hospital, I just had a big meltdown and just looking at the stockings hung and the Christmas lit up and the presents around the tree and knowing that I couldn't be there the next morning. It was just a lot. And fast forward a while, we were able to come back home. Miraculously, the tear had somehow healed itself just enough for us to come back and have Christmas morning with our family. And Shanna and Dee had, I'm going to read what they brought. Shanna and Dee brought a whole table full of food on Christmas Eve. They brought a veggie tray, a cookie tray, jalapeno poppers, soup, rolls, ribs, lime ricky punch, a cheese and cracker tray, a casserole for Christmas morning, a plate of cut berries, chocolate milk, baked potatoes, and sweet potatoes, and many more things. I cannot read this without just, like, wanting to totally lose it. These people did not just do the bare minimum. They didn't say, what do you need? And the reason I'm so teary-eyed is because I am not this angelic. They went so above and beyond. Have you seen... Little Princess, I think that's what it's called, <laughs> where there's this giant feast in front of her. That's what it felt like. Like, I felt like I was dreaming when I was scared and at my wit's end and when I was so uncertain of the future and I kept many of those things in my heart. These beautiful women rushed forward to help out in ways that I probably wouldn't have done. And the same with my other friends and people in my church in my ward, just very lovingly and proactively doing things that I could not do for myself. And this is not even sharing the things that they did after, because shortly after that, I was right back in the hospital. My son was six weeks early, and I had to be there for quite a while nursing him, and I couldn't be there to help my three children at home. I think this is such a beautiful experience because they were savior-like figures to me, when the thing that I value most which is the gospel and the Savior and Heavenly Father, when they couldn't physically be there in my presence, these earthly angels stepped up to the plate and they, they went above and beyond to help me. And I would like to say I've learned from that. I wrote about this all in my journal, that I go above and beyond every year for other people. 
and I do try to serve other people, but the level that they went to to help is something I might not ever be able to do to quite the extent, but I definitely intend on trying. I really want to remember how much it impacted me and how much it changed the whole experience that could have been completely devastating, that could have been the worst Christmas of my life, ended up becoming the sweetest, most beautiful experience. And I still can't think back on that Christmas without tearing up. And I love these beautiful women and the others that were so willing to sacrifice at a time that was probably not convenient for them. And that is my most memorable Christmas holiday. My Christmas wish for you is that you will be able to get still and quiet. That on these holy nights, that you will take the time to consider how you can lift others. How you can make this memorable for not only you, but others that may need it. And know that you are changing lives because of what you do. And I pray that I can remember that too. Happy holidays, my friends. May you find stillness and may you carry out the impressions that you received today to lift others and make this Christmas holiday the most memorable yet. Hey friends, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, chances are someone else would too. Would you take 30 seconds to share this with a friend who's looking for greater family fulfillment? And while you're sharing, tell me what you think about the show by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. It refuels me when I hear this podcast is helping you, no matter what your house or your hair looks like. I'll meet you back here every Monday and Thursday morning for more episodes. Until then.